preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. I'm Hal Abrams. And I'm Judy Francis. And this is America's number one pet talk, Animal Radio. Thanks for making it that way. As tensions grow in the Middle East, Islamics are the latest to reject pets. Yeah, they're actually rounding up cats and dogs, Judy. Wow. And we're going to find out what's going on today. It is also the time of the year to bless our furry friends. We'll have some ideas for you. Uh, but first, we turn to nine-year-old Kyle Orent. He's on line three. He's on line three. As you may know, he has his big celebrity collar auction, raising money to benefit Canine Companions for Independence. It's been going on a couple of weeks now, so we'll find out exactly how much he's made. Hi, Kyle. Hey. How you doing? Good. Ah, what are you doing today? Um, homework. Homework. <laughs> what kind of homework? Math. Oh, I hate You don't math. sound very excited. <laughs> uh, who would be excited about math? What kind of problems are you doing? Rounding. Oh. Rounding's easy, though. Yeah. You doing any of that fraction stuff yet? Um, we we do that. We did that. That's where I stepped off the train. <laughs> That's where I got lost. Anyway, I wanted to call you up and see. I guess there are still a couple callers that are up for auction, but you've done very, very well, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I've hit two thousand. Two thousand dollars. That's awesome. Tell us who is the big, big one so far. Who brought in the most money so far? My collar actually did. <laughs> I oh, love it. Wow. I love it. How much did your collar go for? Um, um, 200 something. In the 200s. In late 200s. Wow. wow. That's that's great. I love that. That's ironic. Who came in second place? Was it George Clooney? Um, I don't know who's in second place. I'm just going to walk on over to uh, the uh, the other microphone because it's in front of a computer and your page is up. I'm going to look at some of them, okay? Okay. Will you share, will you share your microphone with me, Judy? Yes, I will. Okay, I see Joe Namath is still up there. Yep. He's got a pretty high price, 175 right now. What do you think that'll go for? Maybe, maybe around 200 And then you have uh, Chad Pennington. Saw him yep. on TV last night. Yeah, yeah. the Jets won. Yeah, the Jets won. Go Jets! So, looks like the last one goes through October 4th is the last one that you have up. Is that going to be the last one you put up, or is there going to be more? Um, there's still more coming in. Oh, good. So, someone uh, who's just learning about Kyle's Celebrity Collar Auction could get in on it right now. Who else do we have that's posted now? Do you know? Um, I forget, but there's still a couple more that are going on. And guess what? What? I got. I have a matching donor. A matching donor? You mean someone who's going to match you for everything you make? For my for my auction. He his name's Fritz. Fritz? Fritz. What's his last name? I forget. So the total amount you make after all the collars are sold, he's gonna match that? Yep. Wow. I wanna know who this Fritz character yeah. is. Where did you meet Fritz? Um um, I there's this thing in Northport called the Cow Harbor, and uh-huh. we were talking to him. Uh huh. And that's when it all started. That's when it started. Okay, Fritz, you're awesome. Yeah. If Fritz is listening now, I, big old give Fritz a big old hug. Let's give Fritz a big old. <laughs> here's a sloppy kiss, Fritz. 
That's awesome. So whatever you make is going to be doubled. So if listeners want to get in on this still, you can still bid for one of Kyle's celebrity callers. He's going to put some more up, and it's going to get matched by Fritz, this mysterious guy, Fritz. And then it's going to what? Canine Companions for Independence? Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, well, we'll check in with you in a couple of weeks and see how it's going, okay? Okay. Have a good day, Kyle. Thank you. Remember, you can bid from the front of AnimalRadio.com for one of Kyle's callers. And uh, so far, $2,000. Mm, let's let's go for another 1000 Let's bring it to 3000 then that Fritz guy is going to... Yes, boy, he's going to be fork sorry. out some money. There you go. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Well, I came into work this morning. In my inbox was a book called How to Raise a Jewish Dog. Uh, of course, I didn't give it a second thought because, you know, there's the monks of Newskeet who uh, have a best-selling book on how to raise a dog. Right. And so I figured, and this this kind of hits home because I am Jewish. Uh-huh. And then I read uh, the, the note that was attached with it. It said, have you ever joyfully praised your dog for fetching a stick and then quickly followed it up with, and I only had to ask three times? <laughs> or uh, perhaps after your dog has an accident on the good carpet, do you make uh-huh. sure that he understands how this is a personal affront to you, of course, the only one who really loves him? <laughs> this describes me. This oh, it does to a T. To a T. Yes. <laughs> so I had to get Barbara Davelman, author, on the phone. Hi, Barbara. How are you doing? I'm good, Al. How are you? Very good. What gave you the idea for the book? It came from my life. I mean, I, I am not a dictator. I'm not an authoritarian. I looked at all these dog books and I couldn't become the person they wanted me to become. <laughs> you know, it's a lot It's a lot like diet books. You, you buy them with the best of intentions. You uh-huh. do it for a week, you do it for two, and then you're back to your old ways. I totally understand that. I can never become the Caesar Milan, but this never. I can... Never! Sure. Forget the whisper. Forget the monks. <laughs> this, we want you to, to, to be you. We want you to be you and work with your dog and, and have the two of you form this very codependent uh, relationship where it's just completely neurotic and you just can't live without each other. Did you consult anybody for this? Well, you know, the, honestly, the first thing that happened is, um, you know, my dog used to get into the garbage. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. and because, um, you know, for me, it's a lot like raising kids. You know, you want to pick your battles. Yeah. Right. So rather than go through, you know, torturing each other trying to get them not to to get into the garbage, I just raised the garbage pail up on the counter. Mm, It just seemed the the easiest way to do things. (laughs) And then I walked into a friend's house, and I noticed that her garbage pail was up on the counter. So that's how it started. It it was like you take the, the... path of least resistance. What are some tips that we're going to find out in the book, How to Raise a Jewish Dog, that'll help us? Well, it's very easy. Um, Anything that you need to do, you want. You you treat your dog passive-aggressively. Like, it also happened, I I had rescued a dog named Peaches. Mm -hmm. And Peaches had abandonment issues, obviously, because she was on the streets. Uh So, I could never say, Peaches, come. I could never teach her to come. But if I said, okay, fine, bye, I'm leaving, have a nice life, bye-bye, and start walking away, she would chase me down. So you have to get to know your dog, and then you have to work within those limitations. I especially admire the not missing yet signs. Isn't that great? This is pre-printed, lost. Well, we see them up all over. We see the missing signs. Have you seen this dog? Have you seen this cat? Whatever. And, you know, at that point, it's too late. Yes. So we take a very preventative approach. We say, put the signs up before the dog is missing. Let your neighbors, let your friends in the neighborhood know that this dog is yours. 
And if they should see this dog out, uh-huh. they are to return him immediately. Not missing yet. I love it. Just one of the many great ideas from how to raise a Jewish dog. I have ten copies to give away. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> 1-866-405-8405. Now, we can get this at Amazon? Amazon, Bookstore, Borders, Barnes & Noble. Any store. Any store that uh, sells books. <laughs> it's a great book, and we appreciate your time today. How to Raise a Jewish Dog, Ellis Weiner and Barbara Devilman on the uh, Little Brown Label. Special pets might need special veterinarians. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. For most pets, the family veterinarian is the one and only doctor they'll ever need. But for some, their cases and sometimes their lives are dependent on the extra talent and skills of the veterinary specialist. It's been said that a veterinarian is actually several human doctors rolled up into one, guiding our pets from birth all the way to the grave. But new advances in medicine have helped create a new type of veterinarian. Like their human counterparts, these veterinary specialists focus on specific areas of interest and, in turn, help pets and pet owners with their expertise. There are more than 25 individual specialties. For cocker spaniels with heart problems, veterinary cardiologists are ready to help. If your Labrador retriever breaks his leg, you might appreciate the skills of an orthopedic surgeon. There are more than 8,000 veterinary specialists currently practicing and helping pets with special needs. Similar specialization has occurred in Europe and in Canada as more pet owners demand this specialized care. The road to specialization begins soon after a veterinarian's medical training. For many young doctors, a strong interest in specialty drives them to seek out what is called an internship. These internships can be extremely competitive with more than 40 applicants for some positions. After one year, interns can then start competing for residencies at universities and other institutions. After two to three years of studying their chosen specialty, these residents then take an intensive test known as a board exam. If the resident is lucky enough to pass the exam, they're considered to be a board-certified veterinary specialist. All in all, most specialists will devote more than 12 years to their education. As pet owners continue to develop a strong bond with their pets, the need for veterinary specialists will also grow. Until recently, pet owners who needed the expert knowledge of a specialist were often forced to draft travel to veterinary colleges. These trips, frankly, could be stressful on pets and difficult for the owners. But now, there are veterinary specialists in almost every city. And with referral from your family veterinarian, pet owners can seek out more advanced care right there in their hometown. Beyond their expertise, many of these specialists also bring rare treatment and diagnostic capability. It's not uncommon for a dog to undergo an MRI or for a cat to have a kidney transplant. Pet owners can now choose hip replacement surgery or even find the best doctor to treat cancer, which is very common in pets. No one wants to imagine their dog or cat developing a serious injury or illness, but it's comforting to know that your family veterinarian likely has a whole list of dedicated specialists available to help you. If you'd like to know more about specialties within veterinary medicine, 
visit avma.org and click on Veterinary Specialties. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. God, it is good to be back. We had fun last week, though, at the Super Zoo. Lots Las of new Vegas, boy, yes. Lots of new things. Uh, but it's nice to be back at home, and I'm sure you can relate. I do want to go to the phones. Are we able to do that? Are the we phones can. fixed? I know we were having problems with them earlier. They're ready to go. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Debbie. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? I'm doing good this morning. Thanks. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Big Water, Utah. I know exactly where that is. That's near Page, isn't it? Yes, uh huh. Just on the other side of the border. You must be listening on one of the uh, three stations out of Page. That... I am KPGE. Very good. Yeah, great station on Page. Well, of course, because they have animal radio and they have you as a listener. Okay. That's all they really need. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do for you today? Well, I'm calling in. I heard uh, last week the show and was calling in to see if the mouse in the house is still available. You know then. what? We we failed to give it away so far because unbelievable. Well, here's the reason: because we we did open it to play with it on air last week. Yeah, I heard I, I heard that. That's what made me so interested. I thought I'd keep get my cats up and moving. If you don't <laughs> mind a slightly used, very, very... I think the mouse has probably made less than 20 rotations. It really hasn't been used. We just played with it on the air, but it's yours if you want it. Oh, wow, great. I would love it. T- tell me about your cat. Well, I have two. I have Miss Kitty and I have B&W. They both adopted us. B and W, what does that stand for? Black and white. Oh, okay, like a tuxedo cat. <laughs> uh, they're both wonderful cats, and they adopted us. We weren't looking for them, but they found us, and they've uh, become quite the members of our family. Isn't that funny how that works? They just sort of adopt you. Yes. It's so nice to be chosen by a cat. It sure is. Put together a package for for both cats if we can, Judy, can okay. you? We'll, we'll find some more stuff for you and the kitties, okay? Oh, wow. Thanks so much. And sure thank- you appreciate it, and we love listening listening to your show. Thank you so much for listening to Animal Radio. Have a great day. Hold on one second. Okay. You know what we still have left, Judy, I think, and I think this is the only thing we have left, is is the sturdy bag. This is an awesome top-of-the-line carrier, purple in color, and it's for either a small dog or a cat. Cat, right. It's great. They can't get out of it. It's beautiful. It's got great padding inside, and it's a beautiful purple color. 1-866-405-8405 right now. We'll be back with more Animal Radio. cats, horse or emu. Animals are people too. Zookeepers at Vienna's Schoenbrunn Zoo had almost given up. They had tried romantic music, aphrodisiac foods, and even erotic koala bear movies, but they still couldn't get their male koala bears in the mood for love. Until Chumby. Chumby, a five-year-old koala male from Scotland, was brought in to show the shy koalas the facts of life. Chumby has definitely lived up to his Casanova reputation. Zoo officials are saying that he's been going nonstop since he got there, only stopping to eat and sleep, and now their own male is joining in. Chumby was so successful that now other zoos are lining up for his inspiring services. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. 
urine off. Finally, something that works. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Cats and dogs banned by Saudi religious police. I'm Hal Abrams. Saudi Arabia's religious police, normally tasked with chiding women to cover themselves and ensuring men attend mosque prayers, are turning to a new target. Cats and dogs. The police have issued a decree banning the sale of pets seen as a sign of Western influence. The prohibition on dogs may be less of a surprise since conservative Muslims despise dogs as unclean. But the cat befuddled many since Islamic tradition holds that the Prophet Muhammad loved cats. The decree, which applies to the Red Sea port city of Jidda and the holy city of Mecca, bans the sale of cats and dogs because some youths have been buying them and parading them in public, according to a memo from the Municipal Affairs Ministry. Pet ownership is not common in the Arab world. Though dogs are kept for hunting and guarding, no other Arab country restricts pet ownership. Get more breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products, 100% biodegradable training pads, biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover, a great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pets stop resoiling in the house. Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. 
Tom. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Want your precious pet happy? Use Doggy Suds, organic pet shampoo by Austin Rose with botanical extracts. Vegan certified, it has built-in natural conditioners with neem oil for healing irritated skin. Chamomile, coconut, and cucumbers soothe and revitalize with jojoba oil for the coat's luster. There's also a free sparkling charm in each 16-ounce bottle. Call 1-800-945-9010 or visit austinrose.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And the phones are ringing white hot. 1-866-405-8405. Which one, Judy? It's line three again. Hi, who's this? Connie. Hi, Connie. Where are you calling from? Dayton, Nevada. Dayton, Nevada. Where is that? Um, 15 miles east of Carson City, the oldest settlement in Nevada. Oh, okay. You must be listening on uh, KOWL out of yes. South Lake Tahoe. Yes, okay. I only get it in my car, but I sit in my car when I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we love it. What can we do for you today? I was calling to see if I could try to win the Sturdy Products uh, carry-all. Oh, the carry-all. It's a very beautiful carry-all. Unfortunately, uh, we, we had one, and it just went just a second ago. But I'll tell you what. Uh, what, could, what kind of dog do you have? A beagle. A beagle. And how big? Yeah. A small beagle, right? Beagles are... Uh, he's about 29 pounds. He's very ill. He's a rescue from Best Friends, by the way. How about we send him some of these Kong Wubbas? Plus, uh, do you think he's artistic, has any kind of creative uh, tendencies? Because we have this Pup Casso kit where he can actually paint and there's no no ink gets on his uh, his paws or anything like that. Thank you so much. Hold on one second. Thanks for listening okay. to Animal Radio from your car. I love it. 
welcome. Hi, this is Wendy Malik on Animal Radio. And do not forget, stay in neuter. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. If you follow the news of the last few weeks, you might have seen some stories about Islamic countries and a crackdown against pet keeping by citizens. Kind of strange. Glad we don't have that here. Why would they do that? Well, it's against the religion. We'll find out more. I have an expert on the phone, Dr. Bernard Unti. He is the Senior Policy Advisor of the Humane Society of the United States. Doctor, how are you doing? Oh, I'm well, thanks. Thanks very much. What is going on? Explain to, uh, like me, the not-so-bright person, what is happening in these uh, Islamic countries in the crackdown? Well, most recently, we're talking uh, specifically about Iran. This is something that's happened a few times on and off over the decades. It just happens to be the case that pet-keeping has been... Uh, dismissed as a kind of a Western habit. Mm. And any time there's an escalation in tensions uh, in American-Iran relations, as we have at the current moment, uh-huh. one sees these little crackdowns, and one day it might be satellite dishes or some other um, um, purported expression of Western influence, and another time it might be uh, pet-keeping. And so this is the source of accounts that... Uh, people were being forced to give up their pets in Tehran, the capital of Iran. And what happens? They go around, they collect the animals, and then what? Well, the police apparently took them to some kind of a central depot, and their fate there is, at the moment, uncertain. Um, you know, and we, we, uh, we are, obviously, we're for pet keeping. We want to stick up for pet keepers uh, everywhere, so we decided to get an oar into the water on this issue. What type of animals are they taking? Well, it's mainly dogs. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, this is rooted, obviously, as Iran is an Islamic republic um, managed along uh, Quranic principles. But the situation becomes a little more complicated than that because the, the language of the Quran, the text of the Quran, is certainly quite sympathetic when it comes to the treatment of animals. It's in the area of tradition or hadith, uh, lore concerning the Prophet Muhammad, that we run into trouble because there there are um, some negative statements about dogs that well, might or might not have been uttered by did, Muhammad. Didn't Prophet Muhammad love cats? I really thought, that's what I heard, is that he was a big cat lover. Well, I don't know how we, we can draw, what inference we can draw, but there were at least a couple of instances where he spoke about kindness or assured people that they'd be, uh, they'd enter into heaven because of their kindness toward uh, certain animals in certain situations. And and again, I would emphasize it's not a, you know, from our perspective at the Humane Society of the U.S., it's not a, um, not a religious uh, problem exactly because the Quran and Islam are as strong uh, on the principles of kindness to animals as... Uh, as uh, the Bible and as, um, you know, the Judeo-Christian tradition might be, all of the monotheistic religions have uh, this in common. There are many admonitions in the Quran to treat animals kindly. A lot of it falls into the category of animals that we use routinely for work, you know, horses, camels, cattle, um, etc. But, um, you know, it's in there. And pet keeping is a universal practice. It's not a Western practice. You can trace its history back in every corner of the world and the most primitive societies and the most far-flung places. 
Mm-hmm. And in the current moment, the current day, obviously, the keeping of pets is as popular as it has ever been, regardless of the uh, the authority that a state or a state-enforced uh, religion, uh, which is, you know, what we're facing in a place like Saudi Arabia or Iran, I don't think it will overcome the great desire of people to keep animals, to cherish animals, to be with animals. I think it's a very, very difficult battle. The Chinese are finding that out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there, too, pet keeping had been derided as a kind of a, a bourgeois uh, capitalist uh, fancy, uh, you know, indulgence and disparaged for many years. But pet keeping has seen a significant uptick in in China over the past few years. And most recently when they've had roundups because of rabies scares, public health scares, the government there, which obviously has has been a repressive government at many times, they've found tremendous resistance from pet keepers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been active defiance. I don't think uh, um, there's much hope for a state-enforced policy of taking people's pets from them. I think most American pet lovers would 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 uh, you know would be the first to say, "You'll you'll get that dog or cat from my cold dead hand." How are the people in Iran reacting to this? Well, most of the, um, you know, our news sources are uh, somewhat unreliable about this kind of thing, but Iran does have uh, SPCAs and several uh, animal protection or uh, animal um, rights societies, and they're, at least for the moment, able to speak up for themselves and point out that, uh, you know, pet keeping is... uh, is common animals have been kept in Iran for for hunting for guard work uh, you know and are a significant part of the the region's cultural uh, heritage I don't think the um, crackdown has been particularly um, widespread or repressive I think it's mainly been symbolic in a couple of cases so I think you know the question really becomes whether the authorities are going to push Mm-hmm. Uh, any harder than the situation could deteriorate. Obviously, we're talking about this even as the president of Iran is uh, in the New York, in the United States, having addressed the UN, and mm-hmm. obviously there is a significant amount of political and economic turmoil in that country just now, in part because of the strained relations uh, between Iran and the United States. So I suspect this is just a kind of a minor um, skirmish in a much longer kind of uh, chess game, you know, between uh, Iran and the West. And honestly, I don't, I don't think we're going to see the end of uh, pet keeping in Iran. Well done. Please keep up the good work, Doctor. Great. Thank you very much, Dr. Bernard Unti, the Senior Policy Advisor, also Special Assistant to Wayne Purcell. Check out the website at hsus.org. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, Susan Sims with Fido Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm doing great. How's everything over there? Splendid. splendid. Very good. I love to hear that. What do you got coming up this week? Well, we, you know, we have something a little different. Uh, it still has something to do with traveling with your pet, but this really has something to do with what would you do if you lost your pet? You're out there, you're having a wonderful vacation, and Fido goes missing. Ooh, uh-oh. Sounds important. Yeah, it's a little important. It's a, it could be a little scary, but um, our guest today is going to talk to us about what you can do in, when that situation happens. And I have giveaways, too. Ooh. <laughs> That's all coming up in just a couple of minutes with Susan Sims, Fido Friendly 
Travel Talk exclusively on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Sheena Easton on Animal Radio. Please stay new to your pets. It's so important. Want your precious pet happy? Use Doggy Suds, organic pet shampoo by Austin Rose with botanical extracts. Vegan certified, it has built-in natural conditioners with neem oil for healing irritated skin. Chamomile, coconut, and cucumber soothe and revitalize with jojoba oil for the coat's luster. There's also a free sparkling charm in each 16-ounce bottle. Call 1-800-945-9010 or visit AustinRose.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Hey! You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. Did you know the hippopotamus has a starring role in the Bible? And God said to Job, Behold the behemoth. That's right. Most experts believe that the behemoth of the Hebrew Bible was not a mythological beast, but a hippopotamus. Although the name hippopotamus was not available to use until many centuries after the book of Job was written, Hippo's presence has been reported in Egypt since 1500 BC, and he was well known in biblical times. The hippopotamus is featured in ancient Egyptian art, and hippos have even been found embalmed in the tombs of ancient Egypt. The Egyptian goddess of childbirth was portrayed as a regal pregnant hippo with human breast, her head adorned with the traditional Egyptian headdress. Expectant Egyptian women wore amulets bearing her image. Today, hippos live in the sub-Sahara of Africa, some in the wild, most in parks and reserves. Their scientific name is Hippopotamus amphibious, which means river horse that leads a double life. That's because the hippo is aquatic by day and terrestrial by night. Hippos emerge from their river homes at twilight and will sometimes travel for many miles to graze throughout the night. A golf course in Uganda is a favorite hangout for one bloat. That is what a group of hippos are called. They mow the grass with their munching every night, but their wide feet also leave big ruts in the fairway. The golfers were so upset at their golf balls landing in hippo tracks that club officials made a new ground rule. If your ball lands in a hippo's footprint, you may remove the ball and give it a drop without being penalized. In a national park in the Congo, the hippos amble over at night to a local restaurant where they stand outside and watch the tourists play cards. Then, during the day, the tourists stroll down to the river to watch the hippos. Huberta was a famous hippo of the late 1920s who would wander through towns and help himself to fruit from local stands. 
One time, he even tried to enter a theater where a Judy Garland film was playing. Huberta was thought to have traveled over 1,000 miles throughout South Africa, visiting farms and villages, even a Buddhist monastery where he stayed for three days eating all of the shrubs and flowers. It was believed that George Washington's famous false teeth were carved not of wood, but of hippo teeth, probably because the ivory of the hippo does not yellow. So, if this is true, then we can be assured that our founding father had a glorious white smile. Fortunately for the hippo, dentists now use porcelain and other materials to make false teeth. Although, sadly, mankind still feels the need to hunt the hippo to make silly trinkets out of his ivory teeth. There are many stories concerning hippos and canoe accidents. Experts say the hippo is actually quite gentle and attacks only if provoked. But that hippos may think that a canoe is a crocodile after it's young since their shapes in the water are similar. Many of the early African explorers, including Stanley and Livingston, all had boating incidents with devoted hippo mothers. An Asandi legend tells of how Hippo jumped into a river and the fish were terrified he would eat them, but he assured them he preferred only grass, and to prove it, promised that whenever he dunged, he would switch his tail back and forth to break up the dung and prove there were no fish bones in it. There are quite a few references to hippos and their dung, not all as pleasant as the story. Apparently, dung is used to stake out territory, stage duels with rival hippos, and to fertilize the river grasses which allow river fish and other creatures to live. Where hippos have been driven away, the rivers have died. Hippos are often criticized for being ugly, which leads us back to Job and the behemoth. God tells Job that his behemoth ranks first among the works of God. Since according to this God, he made us all, wouldn't we be hypocrites to think the behemoth anything but wonderful? Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. Hi, this is Bob Barker, listening to Animal Radio. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. The blessing of the animals always occurs around this time of the end of September and beginning of October. I'm not quite sure why it's always that because I know that we here at Animal Radio uh, celebrate 24 hours a day, 365 <laughs> days a year. But more and more people are celebrating the emotional bond as well as uh, having a good friend that gives you unconditional love. And we got on the phone with us, Diana Guerrero. And she uh, she's written a book called Blessing of the Animals. Of course, she's been around. Her resume reads very long. And, and her TV appearances from the Today Show, National Public Radio, Animal Planet, uh, the Wall Street Journal, Good Morning America, and now Animal Radio. This, this should be the pinnacle. Last but not it least. It is. <laughs> Hi, Diana. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm so tickled by your book. I'm so tickled that someone has put out something that really talks about the diversity of celebration. Are more and more people celebrating? Yes. And, and to answer your, your question about why they take place this time of year, uh -huh. traditionally the feast day of St. Francis mm -hmm. was a blessing of the animals event for fertility and health of livestock. Huh. And he's the patron saint of the animal kingdom and ecology, actually, in the Catholic tradition. And in the 30s, uh, a group of ecologists actually started World Animal Day, and both occur on October 4th. Mm. So it's kind of the 
multitude of animal blessings, but now what's happened, the phenomena is sweeping the nation and even the globe where pet blessings are taking place all year long. Mm-hmm. but uh, the predominantly during this period of time. What are some of the unusual celebrations, uh, bark mitzvah aside? <laughs> Probably the pet nuptials. Okay. And they make the fur fly. People get upset about them. But mainly people are trying to find ways. Animals have moved from being more utilitarian. The turn of the century, 19, in the 1900s, animals... Stop being so much on the farm, mousers, guard dogs, working animals, and actually moved into the homes, becoming really, really valuable family members. And as this has escalated, it's changed the pet blessing ceremonies to where people want to celebrate the bonds. And what they're doing now is they're they're throwing showers for puppies when they get a new animal or a cat. They're doing pet nuptials as fundraisers where they, you know, dress the dogs up in, mostly dogs, because cats really aren't very happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) Which try, yes. Quite sensibly. Yes. (laughs) But um, it's just ways to celebrate relationships with animals, celebrate uh, the family change, and and that's why I think you're seeing so many of these incorporated into day-to-day Existence. There are lots of ways to celebrate your pet. We'll talk about uh, some ways you can celebrate your pet at home in just a couple of minutes here. But there's the big Miss Crustacean pageant, which occurs <laughs> celebrating the crustaceans, I assume. But tell us a little bit about that pageant and what happened. Well, that pageant takes place in New Jersey, and it's basically a hermit crab contest. It's uh-huh. a parody of the Miss America pageant. <laughs> <laughs> And so the hermit crabs show up in their very finest, uh-huh. and also they have a hermit crab wrestling contest. And one year they discovered to the chagrin of onlookers that the hermit crab that won the contest and the coveted cucumber cup, which is a favorite <laughs> tasty snack, um, that the, the hermit crab was male. Oh, and that was a big scandal. But the, the, the coordinator, he didn't miss a beat. What he said was, you know what, we don't discriminate on the basis of gender. Sure. <laughs> I love it. A nice quick answer. Yeah, it was really good. And that occurs every year in August. And there's a lot more pageants over here in California, my hometown of San Pedro. They actually have the lobster dog contest where animals come outfitted in different sea animal costumes. Oh, and, no. Crustaceans, yeah. yes. And then there's the reindeer parade, the reindeer dog parade, and, you know, more and more, you're, you have the bulldog beauty pageant. There's more and more, because people are just, they want to celebrate their pets, they want to go do things with their pets, uh-huh. and so you see more yappy hours, you see meow mixers, you're seeing a lot, as you know, as creative as you can get, you're going to find something that's going to meet your needs. Meow mixers. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I heard of the yappy hours, but yeah. the meow mixers, I wonder what that would, How would do you be do like. That? Yeah. Yeah. They're more um, shelter-driven, Okay. where you have um, a common area where you have um, cats that are integrated. And it's a way of bringing people in to meet the cats and being social, getting them socialized, and getting them adopted. That's I like that. Good. Meow yeah. mixers. Very good. What are some ways we can bless our animals at home? 
You know, there's there's no limitation. In fact, I think people forget that a lot of our traditions, when you say, hey, bye, have a nice trip, that's a blessing that you're sending someone. Okay, so you can do that with your, your pets. And there's been a lot of controversy as to, you know, do you have to be credentialed or not? Do you have to be an ch- animal chaplain or a member of the clergy? And you really don't. You can, you can bless your animal if your animal's sick, whatever your tradition is whether you want to use affirmations or you want to buy them a new collar and have a little ceremony or have a birthday party and wish them a, a, a healthy, happy new year. You know, you can do all kinds of things. So there's really no limitation. It, it, it's using your imagination. And I, what I tried to do in Blessing of the Animals was include ceremonies and prayers that people could use that were really friendly to all faiths and, and easy to do. So um, you, it's just limited by your imagination. A fun book, Blessing of the Animals, A Guide to Prayers and Ceremonies, Celebrating Pets and Other Creatures. Diana Guerrero, the author and our guest. I have 10 copies to give away. one 405 8405 Thank you so much for bringing this. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's all we have for this hour. If you're leaving us, you can get more Animal Radio streaming online 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com or on any cell phone with any provider. Just simply text ANIMAL to 27627. All that information at AnimalRadio.com. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't ever declaw. And always, always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. I'm sorry. I I felt like I was being scolded there for a second. (laughs) We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. This hour, is your cat or dog getting forgetful? You'll want to hear our first guest this hour. Also, from Fido Friendly Magazine, Fido Friendly Travel Talk with Susan Sims. And she has giveaways, I understand. Is we it, is love that those giveaways. Yes, she does. Vlade the Dog Wizard is back to help you out. And also, animal communicator Joy Turner this hour. In fact, if you want to talk to her or talk to your pet via her, 1-866-405-8405 is the number. Judy, there's new research out that shows that, well, cats can suffer and even dogs can suffer from the same diseases that uh, humans do, like Alzheimer's. Wow, I didn't know that. And we have an expert on the phone. I figured we should find out more. Dr. Daniel Gunn-Moore joining us. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Where are we calling you? Um, Edinburgh, Scotland. Set the scene for us. It's um, just the end of the day. It's you know, late a little bit, just leaving work, and the weather's great. You guys are doing some research, and I believe it's your husband that's also, uh, you two are working together doing this research on Alzheimer's in cats. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He works on Alzheimer's in people, and I'm a cat specialist, and our little old cat got Alzheimer's. So we thought we wanted to know more about him. How did you know your cat had Alzheimer's? Well, we kind of guessed because um, I see a lot of old cats with showing signs of dementia. And dementia in cats looks a lot like dementia in people. How would this uh, manifest itself? 
Yeah, they can certainly forget that they've eaten, and so they go and eat, and then come and cry and say, feed me, I haven't been fed. They change their interaction with the owners. Sometimes they become very clingy, very demanding. Other times, very standoffish and forget who their owners were. Um, they can also sleep more or less. Unfortunately, they tend to wake up in the middle of the night and then cry very loudly because they're disorientated. Other things, unfortunately, they can forget what the litter box is for, and that can obviously really damage the relationship with the owners sure. if the cat yeah. keeps forgetting where it is. <laughs> what, what age might this set in? Well, the earliest cases we've seen have come on at about maybe nine, ten years of age. And certainly by the time cats are about 15 years of age, then 50% of them are affected to some degree or other. Hmm. Are there ways that we can uh, hedge our bets? I know with humans, mental stimulation is important. Yeah, cats do. Anything that's good for us is likely to be good for them. So it's use it or lose it. So with cats, it's playing, playing chase games, playing hide-and-seek games, um, all that kind of stuff to interact with your cat, but also really good quality food. And there's a number of commercial companies now that are putting in all those really great antioxidants and all sorts of mitochondrial cofactors and other great stuff. And those diets are really showing some nice effects now. So play with your cat, entertain your cat, don't let it become a couch potato and feed it a really good diet. And at the same time, this is good for you too to be stimulated as well. Oh, very much so, because of course, it's, you know, the, the cat's owner bond is so important. And if owners realize that they have to interact with their cat, then that's good for them because it gets them up and about, gets them interacting, gets them playing. It is, it's a win win solution. And that doesn't happen that often, does it? No. Um, are you seeing this more so in certain type of breeds of cats? In dogs, we certainly know that certain breeds are predisposed. I think some of your listeners wouldn't be surprised to hear that the beagle gets the earliest onset of, uh, of uh, senility. Hmm. And what so age does that happen at? That can happen really as early as six or seven years in some of them. Okay. Wow. What other dogs? Well, I'm, remember, I'm a, I'm a cat specialist. Uh-huh. <laughs> I always call dogs the lesser species. And cats, <laughs> yeah, and cats are the superior species. Of course. We knew that. Yes. Now watch the phones light up right now. <laughs> oh, I think so. Okay, you say mental stimulation, playing games with them. Uh, what kind of games? Okay, certainly fishing rod games, because that's also good for their agility. We need to remember that a lot of our old cats have also got arthritis. So we need to keep them active because it may be that the reason they're not going into the litter box is actually because they've got arthritis. So we need to address that. Um, all sorts of games where you hide things for them to find. That's a really good thing to do. Um, but a lot of you know, grooming, stimulation like that as well. Um, talking to them, having them talk back. Um, and then I actually like to play. Um, my little cat loves the, the laser pointer. I know there's some debate that you, they never actually catch laser pointer. So that sometimes might um, frustrate them. 
I've never other... heard that debate. I know that... Uh, Our cats chase it for years. They never give up. <laughs> Are there people that really say that... Uh, I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, personally, my cats love it. But I know some of the behaviorists think the cats may get frustrated because they can't actually pounce on it and kill it. Mm-hmm. So if your cat gets frustrated and kind of looks frustrated and might be a little angry afterwards, <laughs> then obviously don't do it. But if they love it, keep doing it. Okay, I love it. Uh, Other things it is important to remember is all our oldies are at risk of multiple different diseases. Maybe they've got some kidney failure, maybe they've got some arthritis, they've got some cognitive dysfunction, which is the other name for Alzheimer's. Um, maybe they've got overactive thyroid, maybe they've got high blood pressure. All those things can interact. So it's really important if you're worried about your old cat, take it to your vet, get it a geriatric health check, really must get it a blood pressure check because any cat with um, Alzheimer's type changes, if they've got high blood pressure, getting that blood pressure back to normal can really help reduce those clinical signs and make the cat feel so much better. You know, I can almost picture it. You have the care facilities for people with Alzheimer's. I can see a care facility with a bunch of cats with Alzheimer's in it. Well, I think you should. They should actually be put together as yes. animal-assisted therapy. There they you can go. help the each other. With the cats. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think this is great research that you're doing. Of course, as the doctor just said, it's very important that. Uh, that uh, if your animal is showing any signs of senility, don't jump the gun and, and figure it's Alzheimer's immediately. Go to your vet because it could be something as simple as a urinary tract infection that they're not using the litter or, or something Arthritis. Uh, that, that's, that's curable or that can be treated or that's not Alzheimer's. Absolutely. And all of those other things, actually, your um, comment about urinary infection is a brilliant one. There are so many things that are so easy to treat. And, you know, the Alzheimer's is one of the hardest to treat. So get your cat checked out. Often you can really improve its quality of life by addressing the treatable condition. Very good. Is there a website or any way we can keep up to date? The best place to go for information on this. And to keep up to date on cat things in general is the Feline Advisory Bureau website. It's fabcats.org. F-A-B-E-A-T-S dot org. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. If you're driving along, we'll put that link right now so that when you get home, uh, you can surf the Internet and learn a little more about Alzheimer's with cats. And, and of course, there's a lot of research that I'm sure we're going to find that affects the human side, too. I think it's kind of neat that your husband does the human side, you do the cat (laughs) side, and you're you're melding together for this research. Yeah, it's nice to work with your husband as well. (laughs) Dr. Danielle Gunmore, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for asking me. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Welcome back. This is Susan Sims with Fido Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio. You know, I travel a lot with our two directors of marketing for Fido Friendly Magazine, Zoe and Maddie. And if it's one thing I have learned, it's that accidents can happen. And in a blink of an eye, your puppy could get lost. But there is a service called 1-800-HELP-FOR-PETS that can help in these situations. And we have founder Liz Blackman on the line to tell us more. Hi, Liz. Hi, Susan. How are you? Good to be here. I'm great. Thanks. You know that I always have my 1-800-HELP-FOR-PETS tags with our dogs. And with people that are traveling, you know, they may be in a different 
state and then their dog if if the dog would go missing i mean it's it's one thing to have a tag that says this is my phone number unless it's your cell phone number they could call home and you're not home so tell everybody why it's so important to have this service as you pointed out accidents do happen even when you're careful and I would consider myself to be an obsessive pet parent, and my one of my dogs got out of my family's home when I checked all the doors and the windows, and he still got out and went missing. And, uh, oh my gosh, that was, I, I couldn't even cry, I was so upset. And yeah. we did get him back, fortunately. But the thing to remember is it's you must be prepared before the accident or before the mishap. And things do happen that you have you think you have control over like your pet getting out but then there's a whole array of things that can happen that you know you don't have control over let's say you're traveling with your pet you're at a pet friendly hotel and one of the hotel staff accidentally opens the door and the pet gets out especially in a new surrounding that's strange to them they could do things that they normally wouldn't do like run and 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 be afraid for somebody to to approach them so you want to make certain that they are properly identified so that anybody could use the identification. And what I mean by that, although I think microchips are a very good idea and all pets should be microchipped, it's something that you should not rely on because it's not visible on your pet. If you ask anyone, if you ask a child or a fireman, what's the first thing you look for when you find a pet in need? Anyone will tell you, I look for the tag first. So the 1-800-HELP-FOR-PETS tag works on the simplest concept, which is a tag First thing someone looks for, it's got a toll-free phone number on it that's answered live 24 hours a day by experts. And on the back of the tag is the pet's unique ID number. Just those two things, the phone number and the unique ID number, connects that pet to a whole host of services. Um, If they're found, if they're found injured, if the owner is traveling with them and the pet gets injured and they need to know where the nearest emergency vet is, if someone's traveling and they need to know where a pet-friendly hotel is, it's really not just... As you know, emergency services, it's really more like mm-hmm. Medic Alert, OnStar, and um, 911. The other thing you want to remember is that you can't pick and choose when emergencies happen. And when you mention being at home, that's when we all tend to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And things happen, as you say, you know, the phone rings or the, the, the delivery person comes to the door. And the reason your pet's collar should always be on them is that you never know when they might need it. And so mm-hmm. rather than take, you know, I hear people all the time say, oh, I take it off in the house because I think they'd be uncomfortable, they'd be more comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. Or I take it off because I don't like the sound of the tags jingling. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, there's all kinds of remedies for getting the tag to stop jingling. There's all kinds of products sure. out there that you can use to, to keep that from happening. But what I also say to people is you would give anything to hear the annoying sound of that tag jingling if your pet goes missing. So don't That's take right. the chance. That's right. Just don't yeah, take the exactly. chance. And just recently, we were selected as the official pet ID of the SPC International. And the two reasons that they chose the service predominantly were the um, fact that it's the easiest thing to use. And then in addition to that, it's the only pet ID that works in any emergency. So lost pet, car accident, natural disaster, home fire, travel. You have the live help, so you have uh, 24-7, uh, and a person, uh, you, so you have people there all hours, you know, for, throughout that 24 hours, so, you know, it doesn't matter what time, day or night, when people have this service, they can get help. Exactly, because we don't know and you don't know when your emergency is going to happen, so it works 24 hours a day, and there's other services out there that may sound like this. 
But, you know, mm-hmm. you scratch the surface and you find out, well, it's an answering service that answers. And, well, you leave a message and you wait for somebody to call you back. And, you know, you can't guarantee that the person who's trying to help your pet is even a pet person. They may just feel guilty enough to make one phone call to try to help the pet they find. Sure. So you want to make sure. it as easy as possible for them. And one of the things that we do when someone calls us regarding a pet that they found who's wearing one of our tags is we immediately try to make them feel like a hero. Because as soon as you do that, people then, you know, we've had people call in sick for work so they can help a dog that they found. Um, And it it can bring out the best in people. But you want to make it simple because, you know, if somebody who speaks English as a second language or an older person um, or, or, you know, or or somebody who who doesn't have access to the Internet, so just someone finds your pet, you want to make it as easy as possible for them to get the help that your pet needs right away. Exactly. And what is the cost for this service for on an annual basis? It's only $20 a year. And that's well worth it. I mean, you spend more than that going out to get a, a coffee these days. You know what? You could spend more than that going to Kinko's making lost pet posters. Uh, it makes sense to spend that $20 and uh, get the pet protection with 1-800-HELP-FOR-PETS. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your support. You know that, Susan. You bet, Liz. It's, an, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, anyone else that's uh, listening and wishing more information, you can pick up a copy of Fighter Friendly Magazine, or you can go directly to the website, helpforpets.com, and that is the number four helpforpets.com let's go ahead and give one of these pet protector systems and you know it's really the only pet ID that can help your pet in any emergency anytime, anywhere it's a 24 hour nationwide hotline it's like 911 for your pet pick up your phone, give us a call 1-866-405-8405 and one lucky listener is going to win the pet protector system this is Susan Sims, Fido Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio you're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Fido-friendly travel talk is brought to you by The Honest Kitchen, Pet Food with a Passion, and Principles, offering people food formulated for pets. Check out their website, www.TheHonestKitchen.com. Want your precious pet happy? Use Doggy Suds, organic pet shampoo by Austin Rose with botanical extracts. Vegan certified, it has built-in natural conditioners with neem oil for healing irritated skin. Chamomile, coconut, and cucumber soothe and revitalize with jojoba oil for the coat's luster. There's also a free sparkling charm in each 16-ounce bottle. Call 1-800-945-9010 or visit austinrose.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stand strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. 
Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. No secret that uh, you see me scattering through the kitty litter. I every... always wonder what you're doing. You well, spend an awful lot of time in there. I do, because Boog, the studio cat, as you know, is not the healthiest cat in the world. And I'm always looking for little signs that uh, he's having a good day. And you can tell a lot about an animal by their scat. They're dung. And uh, we have Matt Pageant on the phone. Hi, Matt, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Very good. Where are we calling you? Um, I'm in Brighton in England. Brighton, England, and the book, What Shat That? A Pocket Guide <laughs> to Poop Identity. What was the inspiration? Was it happy hour? <laughs> uh, no, it was actually a friend of mine. He was in uh, Australia on holiday, and uh, him and his uh, friend that was out there uh, saw some wombat poo uh, just on the side of the road. And my friend actually said to his friend, uh, What Shat That? Because the wombat poo um, is it, quite distinctive. Um, so he, he regarded me with this story when he got back, and, and since then I just got my nose in a, a bit further and uh, did some research, and after that the book came. I love the title. Uh, you got to do a lot of research for that. How, how, what, what kind of research did you do, I'm afraid to ask? <laughs> well, there were uh, trips to, to local zoos, um, and, you know, obviously books, the Internet. You know, the, there's, a, there's quite a range of information out there. But one of the things that I noticed was that a lot of it was quite dry, written from a sort of academic position rather than a sort of something that everyone could, could read. It's, you know, like an approachable kind of book. Um, and I think that's what I sort of certainly aim to do. How do you explain to someone at the zoo what you're doing and why you want to look at poop? <laughs> well, I think, you know, because these people are working with the animals uh, every day, they're quite, they, they come across it a lot, obviously. So, so they were quite happy, actually, to, <laughs> to uh, chat about poo for, for a while. Obviously, it's a bit of a strange request, but... <laughs> the book includes 25 full-color photos, 50 silhouette-style illustrations, and 50 maps... Yeah, I don't get the maps. Uh, maybe you can explain that to me. As well as twenty-five scale drawings. Yeah, H- how do you map poo? It's more. It's not the the poo itself that uh-huh. was mapped. It was just the, the distribution of the animals through throughout the world. Um, obviously, you know, polar bears are just limited to certain areas, whereas horses you'll find anywhere. Mm. So, so it's just you know that it was a kind of just a visual aid for, for readers. Readers really. You're starting with the smallest. Uh, who, who does the smallest poo? Uh, the plankton, I guess. Okay. Given okay. that they're sort of the smallest organisms, yeah, that poo is uh, is quite small as well. And the largest? Uh, I think that would probably be the whale, the blue whale. Um, elephants are pretty big as well. See, Guido, I told you it wasn't you. And <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what kind of people will benefit from this book? I think a lot of people, actually. Um, anyone who's interested in, in nature, I think. Um, obviously, you know, when I started doing the book, um, I was quite skeptical, really, of, of how much... Well, I just was really unaware of how much information there was out there and how much it would aid my understanding of what, of what happens in the animal kingdom, really. Um, so, yeah, anyone, anyone interested, really. Well, I guess if you're out hiking and you see bear or lion dung or something, you kind of know, know to be wary. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets, um, you know, and even in sort of domestic settings, if you've got a, you know, a fox in your backyard or a raccoon, or so, oh, actually, there's no raccoons in the book, but... But um, but no, it does kind of break it down for, for, for between domestic animals and and some of the wilder ones as well. And it's all really that distinct; you can tell the difference. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, some some are more um, idiosyncratic than others. I mean, the wombat that I, that I mentioned earlier is really really quite beautiful, actually. If you, if you can have such a thing as a beautiful poop, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's kind of it's almost geometric in in its in its form it's, it's almost cube like um and but then the others like bats rats and mice they will have quite similar similar dropping so you have to take into account you know the, the place where you found it and uh-huh. another information like that wow that's a that's a, a, lot, boy, of that's a lot of information <laughs> <laughs> and it's all useful as well it, and it's all very well presented i oh, like thank you. i like the idea that you have a little humor but it's factual in the fact you know what you're looking at there exactly i, I think it was a kind of it's the ideal uh, toilet book, you know, something to take into the toilet. So, what kind of a book do you write after this? <laughs> do I ask? We've got a celebrity who shot that. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, uh, it, it looks like uh, it's awesome. We have three copies to give away right now. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Who shat that? A pocket guide to poop identity on the ten speed press. Who's this Guido guy? He, he's the intern around here. Okay, okay. He's, what shat that? A pocket guide to poop identity. Matt, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, it's been a pleasure. There you go, Animal Radio, its lowest common denominator. (laughs) Oh, hey, where else are you going to hear this kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Coming up, we have animal communicator Joy Turner. If you would like to talk to your pet, 1-866-405-8405. And also, back for his millionth appearance, Vlade the Dog Wizard is standing by right here on Animal Radio. Don't go anywhere. Hi, this is David Fry on Animal Radio. I want you to think about this. It's much more important what we learn from our dogs than what we teach them. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. If you walk into any shelter, go into your local shelter, one-third of those animals were surrendered there. One of the reasons is you have a new child in the family. Maybe this is an animal that you had since you were uh, in the teens and you've since married. And there's a new baby to be born soon. And you figure, oh, it's just not good timing. I'm always concerned about the dog with the baby or something like that. There are plenty of ways to integrate children and the new babies with your dog or vice versa. We've called in our friend. This dog training success has made countless headlines on ABC, NBC, CNN, CBS, and Fox Networks across the country. Say hello, Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Hi, Vlade. 
Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, Judy. Hi, hello, hi. America. How are you? Very good. How are you doing? Well, you know what? I'm doing well. But in the state of Michigan, we had a very bad a couple of weeks. It's so interesting you called me because we had a bad week of the dog's attack. And like you just said, we had a case where a twaller killed a child. It mm. is oh, no. so terrible. What is making those dogs go out of control and bite the humans and bite the Well, that's what I called to ask you, so don't ask me. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Yes, why do dogs bite the child? They bite the child for one simple reason. Besides, maybe some dogs not socialized, of course, and some dogs, you know, they 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 don't have a genetic, genetic setup to handle the things properly. They never do well around the... Uh, kind of uh, a lot of noises of being around, the sharp movements toward, they're very spooky, they're not suitable for this type of situation, which is genetic factors. But in a lot of cases, aggressive behavior toward kids, like some parents think it's unprovoked, it was provoked, of course. Mm-hmm. Child is the victim unconsciously. Let's, put, let's, let's think how the dog percept the child. He percepts the child as the puppy. According to the dog's mentality, puppies should show a lot of respect to the dog, I mean, to the adults. Mm-hmm. They need to lick his, not butt, but to, to lick his chin. <laughs> he needs to show submissive behavior and be compliant. But the human child does, vice versa. Uh-huh. He's just grabbing that dog by the scrap of the neck and uh-huh. pull it ears around. And, of course, most dogs, of course, if it's not crazy Labrador retriever who can be running, yeah, kids can jump and lap from the couch and pull his ears around. <laughs> that dog thinks that stuff is fun. Uh-huh. But it's exceptions. Uh, most the dogs will take it as the challenge, and they try to do what? They try to discipline their puppy, and how they do it? By the means of teeth. It probably would never happen so badly if they would do something to the canine child. But when they do it to the human uh-huh. child, it's becoming the big problem. Huh, I never heard it put that are there way. Are there dogs, Vlade, the certain dogs that are predisposed to getting along with kids? Yes, there, is, there are, again, I'm not breedist, racist, or whatever. Uh, but I got to tell you, let's say, uh, the searching, we have some predispositions. It is, has nothing to do to the kid. It just has to do to the nervous system with the dogs uh, carrying out. Such and breeds are just, you know, they just don't care. They just uh, uh, very physically and emotionally insensitive. When we talk about physically and emotionally insensitive, we're always starting with uh, Labrador retrievers, Goldens, sporting breeds, which would be perfect choice. Also, interesting enough, the biggest the breeds in height, the, the less chance they can be bad with the kids for some reason. But there are several breeds uh, which I think, even though I don't want to kind of the people start to send me emails and say, well, oh, I have We understand. Kid. We understand what you're going to You're going to tell us the breeds that perhaps we might want to have second thoughts about introducing to our children. And we understand that you're not breedist or species, so go exactly. ahead. Give it, give it to us. Yes, sure. Uh, so I would have a second, third, of course. Um, uh, Pitbull maybe is a great in generally, but sometimes we have the things like this. So, you know, I would have a little bit second, third. And if I had Pitbull, I would train him properly in the right place and socialize, and he would be fine. I would really look at the American Mastiff and... Um, 
uh, also at the Great Dane to this type of the situation as well. Okay, what about these smaller dogs like the uh, Lopsopso? They're the worst. Thank you for telling okay. me this. They're the worst. Uh, on the opposite side, I love Bichons. <laughs> I haven't seen even one bad in relationship to the uh, to the kids or anyone. They're just angels. I love Maltese. Uh, they're really, in general, again, we don't try, to, we, we don't uh, do breed profiles. We just generalize the search and experience. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Shih Tzu, I would say 50-50 preposition here, whereas uh, we're talking about Lasso, yeah, that one, you know, I would, I would really think twice. Okay. We know we're out of time, but this is a very interesting subject. Of course, you can learn more at www.911dogwizard.com. Or also, just Vladi.com. Or Vladi. Now, you got that's brand new. Vladi.com. V-L-A-D-A-E. And uh, my last thought would be to your listeners this. Please, people, it's in a lot of cases not about the breed, it's about the way how we raise them and the way how we're setting the structures. Uh, uh, I also would pay attention to two simple things which you would really, really pay attention. Number one, it is see how your dogs behave on the leash. If your dog sh walks with you and barking on the people and barking on another dog or the people lean over try to pet your dog, your dog is shy away. And if you see it on early stages, it's very preventable. You can fix it, but you should never let it go. Go to my website again, vladi.com, V-L-A-D-A-E. We have a quiz which you can determine if your dog possibly can be a, be, become aggressive in the future and become your worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for listening, and I wish, uh, I hope I will be talking with you. We know, we know you will, and if you have questions for Vlade the Dog Wizard, uh, go ahead and email us at yourvoice at animalradio.com, or we can uh, set up a time for you to speak to him, one 405 Check out his website, www.911dogwizard.com or vlade.com. And remember, people, when the Vlade talks, human and canine listen. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Creston. Of course, you know me as the amazing Creston. And you're listening to me on Animal Radio. Don't forget to spade and neuter those loved ones which we've bonded with our pets. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. 
the cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew! Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Phyto-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Phyto-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to phyto-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at phytofriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Want your precious pet happy? Use Doggy Suds, organic pet shampoo by Austin Rose with botanical extracts. Vegan certified, it has built-in natural conditioners with neem oil for healing irritated skin. Chamomile, coconut, and cucumber soothe and revitalize with jojoba oil for the coat's luster. There's also a free sparkling charm in each 16-ounce bottle. Call 1-800-945-9010 or visit austinrose.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And we'd like to welcome a brand new correspondent to Animal Radio, Karen Lee Stevens. In 1991, my sweet 12-year-old cat Shannon was attacked and killed by a pit bull. I'll spare you the details, but suffice it to say, my family was devastated when we found Shannon's lifeless body the morning after the assault. In fact, it was the only time I have ever witnessed my normally stoic father cry. I later learned that the pit perpetrator lived in a family with small children. The dog's guardian told me, I have kids and rabbits and our dog has never hurt any of them. That was a small consolation indeed. This beefy breed has long evoked strong emotion and considerable controversy. Open a newspaper or turn on the TV on any given day and you're likely to learn of yet another pit bull attack that has caused serious injury or claimed an innocent life. To be fair, not all incidents involve a pit bull. Other large breed dogs, and some small breed dogs too, become embroiled in altercations that result in more than 4.7 million dog bite injuries annually, according to the National Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Children ages 5 to 9 are the most common victims. Proponents of the pit declare the breed to be happy, confident, cuddly, non-dominant, and gentle when bred correctly. And that's the key phrase here, when bred correctly. Can it be that the maligned mutt is simply the victim of poor breeding, the product of irresponsible backyard breeders that churn out pups for profit? Or are these unfortunate dogs taunted, teased, and tethered until they become vicious fighters? As a side note, studies show that dogs who are chained a good deal of the time become unsocialized and are more likely to bite. 
Genetics and socialization issues aside, concern is growing and many think it's time to rein in the escalating pit problem. San Francisco made it illegal to own an unsterilized pit bull or pit bull mix, while Denver outlawed pit bulls altogether in 2005. Other cities and states are looking into taking similar measures. This legislation has raised the hackles of many pit bull owners and rescue organizations, like the Dog Adoption and Welfare Group in Santa Barbara, who have long contended that these powerful pups are simply misunderstood. Lorna Hunt, training coordinator at Dog, says, It's a shame that pit bulls and their cousins have such an undeservedly bad reputation. In addition to being great family dogs, they are excellent as service dogs and in search and rescue. I've known a few pit bulls in my life. Some, like my friend's dog Buddy, has lived harmoniously with his human and cat family for more than a decade with nary a nip, while others, like the dog who mauled my beloved Shannon, showed no signs of aggression until that fateful day 15 years ago. In my experience, I have found pit bulls to be wonderful, sweet, affectionate dogs, until they're not. This is Karen Lee Stevens for AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to stay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, animal communicator Joey Turner will be talking with your pets at one 866 405 405. Also, next week, my understanding right, Jane Lynch will be joining us. I just got off the phone right now with her people. They and, called uh, us. Her people called our people, and Jane Lynch will be joining us next week. Very funny actress, by the way. Saw her on TV in some kind of improv show a couple of weeks ago. Thank also, God you're here. Also, I want to remind you, last chance to sign up for this summer end giveaway brought to you by Animal Radio and PetMate. PetMate has anteed up. They've put together some great prizes for you. All you have to do is head on over to AnimalRadio.com and sign up. And like last year, if you Send us your empty ink cartridges from your printer. We'll actually send you back some pet toys, toys for your pets, and we'll get you qualified for the summer end giveaway. And to make it even better, we'll even send you the envelope so you can send us your empty inkjet cartridges. All you need to do is give us a call here at 1-866-405-8405. Let's clear the line so that we can talk to Joy Turner in just a couple of minutes. Hi, Animal Radio. Hi. uh, My name is Barbara Spatz, S-P-A-T-Z. Hi, Barbara. How you doing? I'm fine. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. You must be listening on WEEU and Red. That's right. Very mm-hmm. good. Thank you very much. Uh, what can we do for you today? Well, I, I wanted to uh, get in on the contest, and okay. I also do have a lot of ink cartridges, and I thought this would be a good way to get rid of them. Well, the, yeah, it's, it's kind, of, kind of a double whammy for you. Get rid of the ink cartridges. Uh, they don't go into the trash. Plus, we'll get you qualified for your ink cartridges for the giveaway. What kind of animals do you have? Oh, I have a dog, a Jack Russell Terrier, and I have cats. Uh, right now, last count, I think I had eight. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, then the, the package will be great because it has great things for your cats and dogs and you, of course. And I have horses. You don't have anything for horses, do you? Oh. <laughs> Five horses. We're, we're actually wow. going to try to add something to the package before it ends for horses. Because oh, that would be stuff. nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, yeah, I, my cats, I have like one that's in the house, but the rest are outside. We live on a farm. So, as you can imagine, yeah, with all those animals, <laughs> I have a little kitten on the porch, and wow. <laughs> uh, you know, but the rest of them are out. Uh-huh. Sounds, sounds like you're staying busy. Well, hold, oh, I am. Hold on one second. We'll get your information, your uh, your address, and all that, and we'll send you some envelopes. Okay? All right. Thanks. Hold on one second. Hi, Joy. Hello, Hal. How are you doing? 
uh, you know, I couldn't be better. Excellent. We're going to go to the phones, do a little animal communication right now. 1-866-405-8405. You see how I said we're going to do that like we're going to do it. I enjoyed that, actually. (laughs) Joy's going to do it. She, of course, is the uh, animal communicator extraordinaire. Hi, who do we have on the phone with us? Uh, Jim Woody. Hi, Jim. How you doing? I'm doing real good, thank you. And where are you calling from? From uh, Silverdale, Washington. Silverdale, Washington. Silverdale. I've been there. Have you? Yeah, they have a mall there. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, that explains it all. Well, you're on with Joy. Pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, hi, Jim. You're on with me. And who would you like to talk to today? Actually, my one of my dogs, Rascal. And the reason I want to talk with him is because I have an opportunity to bring in another dog into my very cohesive pack. And if any of my pack would have a problem bringing in another member, it would be Rascal. And I'd like to know how he would feel with this, with me bringing in a fourth dog. Because he's actually like the pack leader. Okay. So it's kind of like asking him to be the first step. The other two would follow along. But he's the pack leader, so how would Rascal feel about bringing in a sibling? Okay, he says, and what would the reason for this be? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, because it's a young pup that fits in with my pack, that I think would fit in with my pack, that needs a home. He says, okay, he doesn't think he's going to have an issue with that. The it needs a home was the part that made him decide that that was okay. He thinks that... Um, Pretty much what we, meaning you as your family, tends to do is bring in animals that need homes. Oh, good. So he would be okay with it. He said, is there a reason you would think he wouldn't be? Yeah, because now he's going to have to reassert himself and figure out that whole pecking order. He said, yes, but he didn't think that's been an issue in the past. Reasserting himself or figuring out the pecking order. No, that's probably true. He doesn't have a problem asserting himself. So he doesn't see that it's a big deal, especially since there's others there that will defer to him. And he thinks that unless this new dog is incredibly stupid or incredibly domineering, (laughs) that it would pretty much figure out that he's the boss and not need a lot of reinforcement. And that's probably the two things, two sticking points is that if the dog were domineering, <laughs> I don't think he would put up with that. Yeah, he's he's a smart guy, so I don't think he would put up with a stupid dog either. He says, have you not met this other dog? No. Okay, he said, well, find out if he's domineering, and if not, then let's give it a try. That makes me feel much better. Good. Jim, thank you so much for calling. Joy, do you hear this a lot? People want to add another animal to the household, and they, they want to check in with the other inhabitants. Actually, I usually, I admire Jim a lot, because usually what I get is the opposite end. They didn't even think to ask the other animals in the house. Mm. And they bring someone in, and then the other animals are really missed at them, because they didn't bother asking if they would accept another family member. Yeah, that, that happened to me with my brother. Yeah, I was I was the only <laughs> child, and my parents had it as my brother, and they didn't ask me. They, did you I? You know, and that happens actually with humans. I hear that, too. <laughs> People will say, gee, you know, I should have known that because I didn't like it when no one bothered to talk to me about 
like you, a sibling human coming in. Joy, if somebody wants to talk to you during the week, they can actually call you and set up a session. What's the phone number to do that? They could call 425-867-1779. And, of course, you can get your Joy Fix five days a week at AnimalRadio.com. Joy, we'll speak to you soon again. Thanks very much, Hal. That's all we have for this week. But that's okay. Do not fear. There's plenty more at AnimalRadio.com. In fact, we're streaming online 24-7. You get the latest breaking animal news. Also, you can get it on your cell phone, any cell phone, any provider. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627. Of course, all that information at AnimalRadio.com. And, of course, our phone numbers open to you all week long, 1-866-405-8405. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.